Sorry. I've been saving that. No, that's not true. That'd be gross. Bienvenido a Entreteniebles. Is that right? Is that how you say it? Uh, yes. Entreteniebles. Let's it's, try uh, But between the darkness. I mm, that's, what, that's what my brother said. He's like, it's not dark habits. That means be like between the darkness or something. I was like, no, I know. But the movie in Spanish is called that. The English title is Dark Habits. So people will know. Yeah. Bienvenido a Entre... Oh, God. Bienvenido a Entre Tenieblos. Not Blos. Spanish is hard. Bienvenido a Entre Tenieblos. Un podcast de El Moldova. Me llamo Joel. Y conmigo está mi amigo Spencer. Hey, thanks for uh, saying the intro. Because... Uh... Uh, I would have had a much rougher time with it. I don't believe you. I did, did, listen, listen, okay. listener. First of all, welcome, welcome to our new season. Uh, second, second thing, just just to get this off the chest here, uh, Spencer refused to do most of the French French uh, pronunciation or speaking and anything like that, and he's been studying French for quite some time. Yeah. Same thing with Spanish, <laughs> right? Uh, Spanish, I think, is only seven months, I think. Eight months, Only. Maybe. Uh, French was like 16 years, right? You, you actually lived in France. No, French was like, uh, I started at the end of Spicoli season, so I think it was a, a year or so. Mm. By the time we got to that season. I'm still learning French. Well, we're not going to do another French season, so that's that's just going to be no. a waste. I, why else would you need to know French? Well, in case I'm going to go to West Africa, and I want to be able to speak French, because that's how you talk to people there. Nah, that's what they all say. Is that our Arabic, and French is a bit easier, from my understanding? Yeah. Alright, so yeah, this is... Uh, 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 start of season four, and uh, the yeah, starts season start four. Pedro Almodovar. Uh, I, th I I talked about this on um, your old show, uh, but I first heard of Almodovar. Uh, two thousand seventeen or eighteen, mm. even though I'd seen the movie posters and shit at Blockbuster growing up. I remember well, Volver and I think it was Volver and Bad Education. I see a blockbuster all the time, and they just looked like serious, like boring adult Oscar movies. So I just never bothered watching them. So like, so I was aware of a mode of art to some degree, but it wasn't until 2017, a podcast. Uh, I love uh, Daughters of Darkness did a episode on him. And I was like, okay, if they're talking about him, then there's something interesting there. And, uh, yeah. uh, and then I watched almost all of his movies within a year. I watched, almost watched all of his movies except for, I think, three or four I still haven't seen. That's probably, that's way more than me, actually. Yeah, I know for a fact. 
That's way more. Oh, Dover. Oh, Madover. He's got a... How to say it in Texas. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you first hear of uh, Amodovar? Let me look here. Let's see. Which movie was the first one I ever saw? So... Pretty sure that it was. Let's see. No. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. We rented one that had uh, a woman who was a bullfighter. Do you know what I'm talking about? Matador? Is it Matador? Wait, woman is a bullfighter? Yeah, Matador is the one we watched for at least on Simeon yeah, yeah, Space. Yeah, that right? one. So, so that's not it. Uh, I have no idea. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, I don't remember. At some point, uh, I mean, like the, the movie we rented came, and by we, I mean me and my ex Sarah. We got from Blockbuster because we'd like to go into the, you know, the foreign aisle because that's what it is. It was like one aisle, foreign films, all one section. Woo. And I can't remember if Sarah just liked the cover or something like that. As, some, as I've said, sometimes she knew way more about film than I did and sometimes vice versa. It, but she doesn't like to admit that. Um. And this was, yeah, this was her pick, and we watched it, and I found it very confusing. I don't know how she felt about it, but I can't even, like I said, I can't even remember what movie it is now. And then we both really thought the the trailer for Broken Embraces looked, mm -hmm. like, awesome. So we went and saw that for the theater, or from the theater. We went and saw that in the theater. And since then, I have seen, well, you know, I didn't see Julieta. Wow, I'm a bad yeah. Amadora fan. A lot of people haven't. Okay. It's one that, <coughs> when I was making a list, I was like, once missing, it took uh, like a month to be like, oh, Julieta, the one no one ever talks about. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Well, I, I know a guest we can get on for that one if you haven't re-signed it. To somebody. Um, I honestly keep forgetting it's even on the list. <laughs> I'll take care of that. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Anyways, how do you, how do you feel about Almodovar? It seems like you you like him or something. Yeah, I'd say besides Muhammad Salah Haroon, he's Almodovar is my favorite living filmmaker. Uh, I know some people who like think he's overrated and don't and aren't super into it. Um, some people who are, who are who are going to be on later episodes. And they're more like connected movie people who probably heard about him a bunch before even seeing the movies. I get the feeling. But for me, Omovar was just a thing. It's just like, I don't know what I'm getting into. I just know Sam Deegan and Kat Allender are, fan, are fans. And, uh, yeah, just like, like, I think this is the first time like I really liked melodrama type stuff yeah soapy stuff yeah soapy <laughs> stuff like this is the first time I think it really connected with me mm -hmm. and I think it's just the 
particularly the early half of his career, the uh, the 80s era, because that stuff is closer to like old classic John Waters, where it's trashy and transgressive, and uh, like really gross. And well, uh, but, uh, but then, you know, he's now a motivar is like a, a very classy Oscar director, but not in a boring way. The way I feel a lot of Oscar Oscar type movie pe- directors and movies tend to be. There's still like excitement and energy to his to his work, where like Spielberg's great, but I don't really feel the urge to go out and see every Spielberg movie anymore. Like you, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. You just look at his career, and it, it, some of these things, I don't know. They feel like they're similar. You feel like the same kind of themes. That's bullshit. Like he has the same themes running through a lot of his movies, and yeah. it's not. It doesn't feel boring at any time. Even with like characters playing almost exactly the same characters from movie to movie, although they're different people and other, you know, uh, taking the melodrama straight into drama or biography or, you know, comedy. He just does it. And he does it, like, incredibly well. Like, I don't know about overrated. Yeah, well, I'm not going to name names. People probably say it when they're on, but... Okay. I don't think it's hard to deduce who I'm, who I'm talking about with, with some of them. Uh, anyway, not, not calling them out. Like but they they picked really interesting stuff. There's Melanie Daniels, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As Melanie, she has very harsh opinions on on film. All right, she's not allowed to her birthday party, even though it's her birthday party too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So I picked the title Dark Habits because that's my favorite. Uh, a motivar. It's the nun comedy, and um, it's. It's also my favorite type of plot, which is stranger enters a group situation, and uh, in that group, in that in that group has a certain set of routine and rules and like in roles, and then the stranger kind of comes in and kind of throws everything off, and things get weird, things get weird and sexual, because. Uh, I was going to say, that's like, it's such a boring trope when the stranger comes into town and improves everybody's lives. It's like, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm sure that's happened one time in the history of the universe. Yeah. And they still hung that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's why I picked hang it. Dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hang, I think, is execution. But, uh, yeah, so that's why I picked the title Dark Habits. In intro, you said, uh, entre, uh, uh what's the word? It, it means between the darkness and Spanish. That's the Spanish title. The English title is Dark Habits because it's about nuns, and they're wacky and weird and, like, do heroin. And that's okay. why, why they yeah. call it, yeah. Because I feel like between, between a dark... Huh? Sorry, go ahead. Between a darkness wouldn't really sell well over here I think yeah but it makes sense because like a, a nun's habit is literally black into white it's like between the darkness there's that woman 
Ah, yeah. But also, I'm, you know, uh, this. Yeah. But Dark Habit is also a, a catchy name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I I decided to. Uh, oh, but also, um, first I'm skipping the step the typical structure we used to do because I'm tired of trying to find pairings. And so I'm going more off of a vibe. And so like the Moldovar vibe is I wrote down things. Um Spanish, queer, feminine, transgressive, um classic Hollywood, that that type of stuff. Like it's like if you and so like because like all those things are within uh, a mode of ours work, I decided, well, that's what the other stuff will be. It'll be Spanish, queer, uh, feminine, classic Hollywood, and, and transgressive. Because that's a, also a more fun uh, approach to things. And also, this looked out, found in the list of movies a mode of our loves. And some of, those, some of those movies were things I really wanted to talk about on an episode like uh, our first one with a guest is Johnny Guitar a western that I think is wonderful that uh, I wonder how you'll react to it I really don't know I hate it okay I haven't seen it I just <laughs> well uh, it has the most um, the most sexual chemistry but uh, uh, between Joan Crawford and another and another actor on screen and and actor is uh, Marseille McCambridge there's a love interest who's a man, but he kind of doesn't matter. He's kind of a, gets in the way. It's it's Joan Crawford's movie. As most Joan Crawford movies tend to be. Yeah, she takes. Um, who who's the guy? Sterling Hayden, the 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 tall guy who's a bad actor. Well, I know I know the name Sterling Hayden. I can't tell you. Sterling Hayden. I remember like Aaron Gambrell saying like. Oh, he, he was a he is a bad actor. That's what that's why he was interesting to see on screen. I I can't remember who's in the movie. I just remember Joan Crawford and Mercedes McCambridge. Anyway, yeah. So uh, the first movie to open this season, I want to be. I'm so excited because it's the one that uh, it's one that no one talks about as much. It's it's the last like full comedy he's done and uh no one also no one really picked it and it's it's one that like I really like overall but uh for me it's it's kind of leaning towards the bottom of like middle bottom tier of like it's still solid and good it's just not the best one I also kind of want to get it get it over with a little bit too Wow, you're talking about this movie that we're talking yes. about today? Yeah. This oh movie. my god, I uh, love this movie. Oh, great! Uh, and also, one of the stars in it is in another movie, playing a very different role. And I can't wait till we get to that movie because I want to thwart, uh, thwart your expectations of this actor. Kind of like this... what I kind of like the Seven Samurai uh, thing that happened, where it's like the guy who looks like your dad is playing a badass. And that's the only time he gets to play a badass. Yeah, as far as we know. Yeah, yeah this is kind of yeah. a similar situation of the the main steward, uh, the main steward on the plane. All right, you uh, don't have to you don't have to spoil it. Right? You know, we'll get there. 
I think he's the only one that shows up in another one. I don't think the other guy God damn show it. up. What? Nothing. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you love this movie. Okay, tell me uh, what you love about this movie. It's just like fluff. It, it's fluff with the same sprinklings of Almodovar, like undeniably Almodovar stuff. That like melodrama, like oh, I'm the, I'm the most famous dominatrix in the world, and I have old company, and all these top what the top five hundred people, <laughs> yeah, in the world, customers, and then this guy who is who's going home to Mexico City, and you know he tells them I'm a security specialist he's like incredibly well dressed you know something's going on and of course there's at least one psychic uh, you know and she's she's goofy and innocent and uh it's it's just funny it's it's a lot of fun it continues and that doesn't include the stewards for god's sake (laughs) and continues the psychic trope of the innocent uh virgin who is the the psychic Yep. It's a thing that shows up in stories a lot. I think that's why I'm psychic. Because <laughs> uh, in Matador, I think he's psychic partially because he's so innocent and like is like I think he I think it is insane where he he's a virgin. Uh, at least at, also, at first. If I first also Omodovar is the Scorpion King, where in uh, <laughs> Kelly Hugh, the only reason she has psychic powers is because she's a virgin. Or something. Yeah, it's it's a weird trope, but yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, I I think it's interesting to point out this is a follow up to the Skin Eleven, which is you know a grisly, gross, uh, deeply uncomfortable uh, horror movie that that Amalvara did, and the big follow up was like, I'm gonna return to, to zany goofy comedy. I kind of I would like that better than just like continually pumping out more and more serious stuff after that point. Like he used to make these kind of movies all the time. They just like have these funny but also kind of gross plots and just characters. Like not not characters as in the people were watching the movie. Like characters. I no it like I don't know if anyone was particularly famous other than for being in the uh, Almodovar movies like those two at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. like what the hell is that about bunch of nobodies oh oh, you mean the guy from Shrek and the woman from Vanilla Sky is that her is it Vanilla Sky I don't I'm think it was Cameron Diaz oh it is Cameron Diaz and she's yeah. in a Tom Cruise movie right can't tell if yeah. you're joking or not no wasn't Penelope Cruz on Tom Cruise movie? Yeah, she's in Vanilla Sky. It is, van- it- and that's a remake of the other movie she was in, which is um, Close Your Eyes, I think, or Open Your Eyes, whatever it is. Okay. You're doing something with your eyes in the other version. Okay, I was trying to figure out a Penelope Cruz Hollywood movie, but I could not think of a single one. I was um, trying to remember one. I know the she. That- that Woody Allen movie that I try not to think about anymore. Uh, it's late air Woody Allen, so it probably isn't that good. 
No, it was great. Oh, okay. Javier, uh, Javier Bardem and Scarlett Johansson. So, you know, hot things. I guess. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure if you ever listened to Conan's podcasts, but on an, on an early episode, he had um, Dana Carvey. And Dan Carvey went to the Oscars as Mike Myers' date when Mike Myers was the year that that uh, Freddie Mercury movie came out. Oh, yeah. And Dan Carvey got to hang out backstage, and Javier Bardem saw him. And uh, apparently he asked him, like, what are you doing here? And then Dan was like, I'm hanging out with Mike Myers. Like, all right. <laughs> and they walked away. <laughs> uh he thought it was his dealer. I'd be pretty terrified if Javier Bardem suddenly was like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, so how would you describe... what? What is I'm so excited exactly? What is it? It's like a bottle episode of a show where people have sex. And no genitalia or, you know the top half of women are shown. Um, not to say that it's implied. It's, you know, people are writhing. Anyways, that's, that's the whole movie. They're in a plane. Sex happens. The end. No. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's totally a situational comedy within a plane where um, everyone seems to be gay, but also straight. I don't know. <laughs> and a lot of funny things happen, but the backstory is that they have to they have to taxi around the same airport for a long time because one of their landing gear did not go all the way up. So, so there's a lot of time trying to entertain people to keep them distracted. A lot of people using their phone, but nobody's phone works. So it's like over the speaker phone for the airplane and drinking. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. It's pretty funny. It's funny. I think uh, to get out my gripe with the movie is that it just feels... It's weird because like, some of the subplots of the characters just feel like... feel. I mean, it's all like, like sitcom-y stuff, like you said. And so some of it is super underbaked and honestly not that interesting and just it feels like a mode of our it feels like a, a pastiche of someone trying to do a mode of our but then other parts feel like the oh, this is authentic authentic mode of our like i feel like he loses himself a little bit in this with just the zany melodrama of it uh of everything and like it just something about it feels off like for me, an hour in, I'm just kind of like, I find it is not as interesting for a stretch like in the towards the middle, I'll get to an end. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just feels like a weird pastiche of like someone trying to copy a motivar, but also it's a motivar being like, this is the stuff I've been doing for the past. Uh, where is it? Twenty thirteen. So this is like for the past thirty plus years. So it's also kind of a, a victory lap of like, like I don't know, like exercising the stuff that he that he likes to do. You're reading intentions into the art created by the artist. I like yeah. who knows what they all Dovar. 
uh, was thinking or, or whatever. I'm sure he talks about it, but whatever. Um, the, the, when you said that it was somebody trying pretending to make an Almodovar movie, well, first of all, I disagree, but that's not, not what I want to bring up. It made me think about how each of these characters do have a story going on, but of course it's on the ground where they are not. It like and some of them end up knowing each other or something else is involved, whatever. But it it feels like Amadofar was like, here's all the characters for the movies, and these are the movies that they're gonna be in. Now throw away the scripts, they're all gonna be stuck on this plane together. Mm-hmm. You get like super performative, like I love those stewards. They're just <coughs> freaking I don't know. Like oh, their their blase them. attitude about like almost everything, but somehow I don't know. I love the um, the one I put on my name, uh, uh, Fahas, the the one with the dark hair and the eyeliner, the mm-hmm. one who the the one who's a practicing Catholic, who who pretends like I'm above this drama, but he loves the drama and he loves this being like uh. Like having a cutting line for, uh, for the other two when they're being out of line. Wait, do you? Why did you say he was a Catholic? Uh, you see him. Um, he's he worshiping like a, at an altar, but that's not a Catholic altar. I thought it was. I didn't. I, I probably. Has, I probably took notes on this one. I'm pretty sure it has like Indian stuff on it, which is why it's kind of weird. Oh, but that makes some comment about him being religious. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's assumed Catholic because it's Spain. Right. <clears throat> no, the only Catholic is that one uh, poor suicidal girl's mother, apparently. See, that's another movie that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Like he just yeah. defrauded the world's largest bank of whatever, and he was making this an escape to Mexico City. But he also left his ailing wife behind. And he hasn't spoken to this daughter who had became a dominatrix uh, after she ran away from home or whatever. Like, there's there's a whole movie there. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so... Uh... Did you? Um, I know you're not much of a, a comedy person in general, but did you find this laugh out loud funny? Um, it was more like very wide grin funny, like like I was smiling pretty hard, especially during the actual dance sequence thing. Just the, oh, the, the lip sync. Yeah, they had their had their plans, or their their moves all planned out. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. That's that part is great, and I love that the bald guy. I think it was the bald guy is the most not into it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Somebody carried mescaline in his butt. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, eh, yeah, it happens. It's just a thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you think any? Well, that's a move of art. It's going to go too far. Did you think any of it went too, too far? Uh, was that any too, too distasteful? 
Uh, what do you think? Um, not really. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. It's rated R comedy. Yeah. And like I said, there's not any actual nudity, I don't think, right? Um, no. Yeah, so. Yeah, because like, uh, like, this is a diff- this feels like, this is a toned down take on like the early comedies, but not in a way where it feels neutered. Because like the, the earlier comedies would have been I feel a little more blasé with this. I don't know. It's like they they feel they're closer to, to like early John Waters, so it's it it's like meant to be gleefully offensive, and this one feels like tastefully offensive. It's still. It's, I, I don't don't know how to explain why why I'm why I'm being exactly. I think it's tastefully outrageous. You know, like what they're doing. In certain scenes, what they're talking about is kind of like, whoa, I can't believe they're talking, you know, this is happening or whatever. But it's still, it, it was like somebody made a sex comedy that was actually good and tried for the PG-13 rating. And when they didn't get it, went, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was surprised at, uh, initially, at the oh, first time I saw it, I didn't know, uh, I, I will say it, uh, Mary Cohen. I didn't know what that meant at the time. My first time I saw it. Now mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I know what that means." Uh, wow, I didn't. I, I didn't. I don't. <laughs> they're just throwing that word out like uh, like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know it from way back in high school. So. Yeah. Uh, well, where I live, like that. That's not like a common thing you hear. They don't like your culero at the principal when he's talking? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, well, class of 1999. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know, it's like stuff like that and the how the psychic woman is like, I'm, oh, I'm going to lose my virginity on this flight. And then she uh, just hops on, hops on this guy who's asleep in the uh, yeah. economy. Now, she she goes back and rapes a man. Yes, I understand. Yeah. But whatever, it's it's funny. It's it is, it is. funny that um, the guy's like tripping out because <laughs> that's another thing. We we there's an economy class, but we're all stuck in first class. But everyone in economy class had like a muscle relaxer right in their drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were supposed to be asleep for the whole. Thing flight practically yeah uh again I, i'm not like offended it's just the thing of i don't know like it's I, i'm surprised amovar was able to update like his, his like his early comedy type of stuff to now in a way it's like oh it, it still works it's still it's still outrageous and pushing things but it's not uh it doesn't feel like an old man who's trying to feel hip again. You think it feels like that, or it does feel like? That? I I think it does not feel like that. I feel like okay. he still understands how to do comedy, the way he wants to do comedy. Yeah, I mean it is funny. It's not. It doesn't feel. But it and doesn't feel like it's cutting edge or anything like that. It feels like the same humor, from yeah, from the other comedies from much earlier. 
Yeah. And, and it still is, works. Yeah, I think this because like after the mid eighties, because Matador was like the big shifting point into like serious movies. The Women on the Verge is a straight up screwball comedy, but not like a trashy kind of uh, outrageous kind of gross comedy. And then Kika is a return to the early eighties style that I I'm not crazy about. I think it's the worst of Motivar, which is to say. It's only a good movie, and that's about it. And uh, this, and then Kika's early nineties, and you have this almost, I think, twenty, like over twenty years later. And uh, yeah, like his parents, like just doesn't do fallen comedies anymore. Uh, I don't like uh, which I I still like the serious stuff, but like on one hand, I appreciate that this is a return to just doing saying comedy. Also, it it just feels like kind of a little out of like the like the color palette and the whole look of it. Like something about it just feels kind of off. And I found some other reviews of people point out like it it like the aesthetically it's there, but like it feels not fully there. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't really pinpoint like specific specific things, but this. Something about this movie is overall doesn't fully hit with me. I still like it a lot. It's like an easy, easy, easy thing to sit through. It's just doesn't fully uh, hit all the stuff that I, that I like. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I have to like it. I mean, you just you said you do like it. It's just yes. like on the bottom of Amadovar list. Yeah, it, not like... not quite the bottom, but. Oh. Yeah, like the uh, bad bad Amotivar is better than bad Spike Lee. Yeah, <laughs> is it better than bad Kurosawa? Is there a bad Kurosawa? Um, I didn't like that one movie that the uh, Bright Wall Dark Room people. Oh um, yeah, yeah the the Quiet Duel. The Quiet Duel, yeah, yeah but that's, that's just me. Yeah, that was. I, I should watch that again at some point. Uh, cast like well, like story, like character-wise, story-wise. What did you like? With, what did you like the most? What did you connect with the most? If if anything, connect with anything. Well, I don't know. Um, well, who did you like? What did who did you like the most in the movie? That's hard to say. Once again. Ask me difficult questions. You're supposed to send me softballs here. <laughs> no, I, who did I like most? I mean, I like the psychic lady because she she just seemed really excited the whole time. Uh, because she, I don't know, she had premonitions of what was going to happen. I guess, but she's just like, yeah, I'm waiting for. I know something's going to happen. Whatever. Uh, what else? What else? Yeah, I can't. I can't really say. I mean, it's such a great ensemble going on. Like, if we could turn the three, because the pilots are awesome, the three stewards are awesome, the passengers that get to participate in the movie are awesome. Yeah. I wonder about the the reveal of the one pilot who's like, oh, I'm totally straight at the beginning. Uh, I wonder if like that's like a, 
of a uh, <coughs> a motivar or someone in a circle ran into of like a straight guy being like, "Oh, I'm totally straight," and then then they like, "No, you're not. Come on." Because <laughs> that whole storyline, like the, because like when he's first introduced and has tells that really awkward story about <laughs> trying to suck a guy's dick for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, Ugh, "Can you just shut up?" And you can just feel like the air leave the room, and then cut to the end. And it's like, I, 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 I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that, but uh, I forgot yeah, I was going it, with... it turns out that he's he's like totally gay, and yeah. everybody knows it except for him. He's in denial. Yeah, and I find it interesting. Like the only like, all, I guess like almost villainous character is his wife who. It seems like it's homophobic, or they, they insinuate. What one of my characters says, "Your wife knows you're gay. That's why she hates you." Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that insinuates she's homoph- or she's homophobic. But also, uh, if you're pretending to be straight and your wife knows that you're gay, but you. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of mixed feelings yeah. that would happen. See, when a man and a woman are married, uh, no. Mm. Well, like the the actual pilot to huh? uh, the actual pilot. Yeah, because the other guy's the co-pilot. Okay. Um, I liked his storyline a lot because well, he's got the wife and children. And yeah. his partner, who happens to be the head steward, uh, <sighs> there's just like there's a lot of inner mixing stories between these people that have occupied these planes so many times together. And I th- I feel like he was the most three dimensional out of the bunch. I feel he got a complete story. The other pilot yeah. kind of got almost had a complete story. But the main pilot, who is has the wife and kids, he had a a complete story. The end of the story for the banker guy is like, it's going to happen. We're not going to see it because, well, because it's not important. Yeah. The the only one we haven't really talked about is the actor. Yeah, the Bill Murray looking dude. What did you say? He looked. I, I, he looked like Bill Murray at first glance. Uh, wow. You you think this guy is ugly? No, I'm just yes. <laughs> I think, I think guy... Bill Murray is very weird looking. I don't think this guy's weird looking. Well, no, he he's Mediterranean Bill Murray. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I thought at first glance, then I saw him again. It's like, okay, never mind. Okay. Now but, you're backing uh, up on your claims. No. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before I forget, I have to, like, my favorite joke is after the mescaline um, gets dosed out to everyone and they have, like, the sex montage mm-hmm. and the one steward goes has a 69 with the co-pilot who claims he's straight mm. and then the uh other steward the one who 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 never drinks or does anything he's like what's on your what's on your lip 
And then he, (laughs) he's like, oh, it's cum. I knew it, you slut. (laughs) (laughs) He wipes his finger and then puts it in his mouth, too. Yeah. I had to test it. Yeah, but, okay, so, like, the only Amotivar regular that I could, that I really picked up on, besides the Stuart, who has, who is what the pilot is, um, Cecilia Roth, who is the dominatrix. Yeah. And it's, and she, she kind of always plays this type of role. Like, uh, it feels like I, a bit of a callback in some ways to Dark Habits of uh, this like because uh, Dark Habits she's playing a pop star that all these nuns are obsessed with and who's like super famous and this one she's playing a dominatrix that the three stewards are obsessed with and everyone on the plane uh, it's kind of uh, pretty much like it's hinted that like all, all the men on the plane know who she is and so, like, she's also, uh, it's a similar type of uh, uh, performance and character. But she's got she, that look. Yeah, and she, I, and and she's like, and she starts out as like this. You think she's this like kind of horrible, like Karen of a person, and it's like, oh, they actually. And she's more complex than that, but uh, you know, I still love Cecilia Roth. I don't really have much to say about her storyline because storylines just like like this is like such movies fluff. Like it kind of like like you watch it and then when it's over, you don't really, at least for me, it doesn't stick with me that well. But I just love Cecilia Roth. She is my second favorite Amodovar actress. My favorite other mm. actress is uh, Truce to Lampreve. She's the uh, the little little old lady in all the movies that she uh, she's only in eight of them, but she's like the mom in Matador, yeah, and she's in uh, always has like a a small part as like the grandma or someone's mom and everything. Mm. Uh, Rustin, uh, she she died like eight years ago. Oh, yep. <laughs> this Maria Dolores Duenas Navarro, who played uh, Bruna. The she's in a she's in a couple of different yeah, Almodovar. Oh, and um, who was it? The the woman that is in the actors' sub story. Mm-hmm. The Pas Vega. Yes, um, not Pas Vega. The other one. She's okay. the daughter, I think. In the daughter who's killed in the skin I live in. Oh, I think that's her. She's in the skin I live in. The one who plays Alba is in the skin I live in. Yeah. Or she's the f- spoiler. The final, the reveal at the end of who the person is but I'm not sure you've seen this guy live in yeah I know don't spoil it yeah I'm trying not to spoil it she's yeah, in forget this about guy. it then okay so she's in that movie I can't remember which one she is that's gonna bother me trying to remember okay uh what else is there I don't know um would you recommend this movie to people 
Eh, it's a little difficult. Like, um, so not possible. You're talking about Blanca Suarez. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Is Pas Vegas? No, I'm not sure if Pas Vegas is in another mode of art or not. Pas Vega is in. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think she is. But she is in the spirit. Oh, she's in talk to her. Oh, okay. Uh, the spirit, your favorite movie? Yeah. The spirit is not as bad as everyone said it was, although it still is a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, you disagree with that? I'm just not willing to find out. <laughs> It's one of those, maybe I should rewatch The Spirit, and then I think, do I really need to? Mm-hmm. Is it? it Donnie. I don't know, it's... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if that movie, like, is it's not on any streaming services, and you have to actually get a physical copy. Oh, like no, I, th- I think it's on, like, Tubi. Oh, that, that is a Tubi movie, actually. <laughs> That's the definition of a Tubi movie. Exactly. Yeah, they can't get rid of it. So, would I recommend this to other people? Like, yeah, of course I would. Like, it's it's difficult to recommend to my parents, although I don't have that much of a problem with it. I mean, it, I don't know if my parents have seen Almodovar movies. Now I think about it, um, I feel like they have though. I feel like there's one I've talked to with my mom about, but like. If somebody was asking me, oh, which Almodovar movie should I watch? I wouldn't start with this or anything like that. Hmm. But, like, if I was hanging out with people and we want to watch a comedy, I might recommend it. Because it's just, it would just be funny to watch with other people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how would you uh, place this among the Almodovar that you, that you have seen? I, I think you... I, I, it's in the way that, you, that you've liked all the ones you've seen. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, let me check. I got to use my very rare uh, letter boss tag fart jokes. So that was exciting for me. Surprisingly, very few fart jokes in the movies I watch. Mm, yeah. Show watched items now. Show watched films. Okay. So. That says I watched that movie. How come I don't remember it? I even gave it three and a half stars. <laughs> Just going to do that. Um, out of the ones I've seen. Here's the problem. I don't remember talk to her. Even though I've seen it, I don't remember Live Flesh. Obviously, that's that's the one I was saying. Like I've seen this movie. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was saying. Three well, and a half Javier stars. Bardem, so. Javier Bardem. I believe he's in in a wheelchair in that one. Yeah, yeah. it does have Javier Bardem. I don't know. He's in a wheelchair. I I think he is. He gets injured in the, in the movie or something. Oh, anyway. well, in, in the story, not in real life. 
Sure. Um, let's see. What's the one we watched for the podcast? Matador. That's what I thought. You've seen Broken Embraces, right? Yeah. Um, Skin I Eleven. Yes. Hold on. Uh, okay. Give me a sec. It's first to lowest. Okay, so I didn't give Broken Embraces a rating, probably because that was before I was using Letterboxd. Same thing with Volver, although I remember liking that movie. I might like it better than The Skin I Live In. Oh. The skin, there's nothing wrong with The Skin I Live In, so so to speak. It's just like not a pleasant movie. Oh, you know, really? You know how, how so? I feel about uh, you know how I feel about rape scenes and uh, yes, you know, they have to be funny, like on a plane or something. I wouldn't say that the rape scene in that movie is funny. Which one? Um, Skin I Live In. Yeah, I'm saying that's why I can't really. Oh. Yeah, I don't yeah. really like that one. Yeah, it's um, it's it's that basically am- um, what's that the movie? I I thought a face, but uh, more melodramatic. I mean, I don't think that's true. The only thing they really have in common is that somebody looks like they don't have a face. But uh, I'm not going to spoil what happens in the movie. But the intro, okay, the 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 backbones are exactly the same. We'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Backbones. Yeah, so it's also on the bottom of my list, but I still haven't watched uh, all these. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell the people. Pain and Glory. See. Pain and Glory. Talk to her. Tie me up. Tie me down. Live Flesh. Matador. I'm so excited. The Skin I Live in. Volver and Broken Embraces. And then I watched the short film called The Cannibalistic Counselor. That's a spin-off from Broken Embraces. It's like eight minutes long. Oh, that's right. We had the DVD of that. Anyway. So, uh, we're, we're, I'm so excited. Is that like mid-tier, upper-tier, lower-tier? It's on or... the lower side, but just okay. because it's kind of fluff. Yeah, it's... Yeah, again, like I said, it's just, it's the return to comedy, which I, I appreciate, but also it just I don't it just uh, I don't somehow just doesn't fit right to me exactly. I I don't. It's better than Kika. That's the I I actually planned on doing Kika early on, but then I scheduled a bunch of stuff and I was like, it's fine. I can get to Kika when we do, but that one I'll probably be the most down on because <laughs> it yeah. just it just doesn't work as a movie in my opinion alright well it might huh? be good if we watch a bunch of good stuff to suddenly you know, not to suddenly to like put in one in the late end I want to like have that to end and be like oh this one is you know the bad one yeah. <laughs> like maybe like the fifth to last Amadovar because there's not that many Amadovar movies no not really so just like, oh, we've seen a bunch of, you know, from mid-range to, to high-end, and 
now we're gonna go look at this car that's been used and no, I don't know what I'm talking about. Middle of the road is what I meant to say, I suppose. To. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Okay. For me, like Kika as a bottom. The top is Dark Habits, and then I'd say like I'm so excited is close to like the average, I guess. But it's this too much fluff to really be up to be that point. So it's like it's still close to mid tier, but it's not. It's on the yeah. bottom half of mid tier. Yeah, about half a mid tier. Yeah. Alright, and, uh, oh, I should say, the next episode that we we are recording is Johnny Guitar, and then after, uh, I'll give a little preview, uh, Johnny Guitar, and then next one of that is the first Rainer Werner Fassbender, because we're going to do at least three, possibly four, depending on, depending on how much it, um, uh, weighs on your soul, because I picked me and the person kind of talked through some picks and she picked you know, she and I picked like the most upsetting ones <laughs> mm. because those are the ones we really like so it'll be Fox and his friends which is a movie on a season on last season an episode with uh, Mtume I said both of us said that's a one and done like we will never watch that movie again. And then I talked to a guest, and I was like, "I guess I can watch it a, a, a second time." And uh, we'll see how how I feel at watching it a second time. And then uh, the nineteen, the Joan Crawford movie, The Women. And before you asked, Joel, did I on purpose plan two Joan Crawford movies so early on? Uh, on purpose. No, it just sort of happened. Okay. I'll take your word for it. And there will be more Joan Crawford movies because uh, she's an actress I really like to watch. Yeah, re she real Crawford head, right? this guy. Yeah, she made good movies. Apparently I'm a very nice lady. I'm joking. I know, I know she wasn't a nice person. Okay, good, because <laughs> I was like, what? Is he thinking about somebody else? I just watched uh, Joan Crawford at the B, actually at the end of the last year, called uh, Holiday. Holiday. And it happens, happens to have a scene at New Year's, uh, oh. which I thought, I didn't know that going into it, but it's like a, I guess it's supposed to be screwball, but it has some mm -hmm. acrobatics and stuff like that. And Cary Grant, before he really knew how to be Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Huh. Joan Crawford is in one of the last major Hollywood movies with blackface, where she is playing a black woman <clears throat> to... I think she's a white woman portraying to be black. It's called Torch Song. It's forgotten for a reason. and Because uh, it's too good. Yes. It's a movie that, in my research on blackface and mental seats, one of those... I'm going to have to watch Torch Song at some point. I just, I'm tired of watching an old movie with a blackface, though. So, I kind of reached my limit of, like, yeah, I fucking got it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one of these days, I'll 
I'll, I'll finally get to that one. But uh, yeah, so this is a 2000. Um, I'm so excited. Is streaming in places. The disc is out there. Oh, wait. I, I forgot to say the Spanish title. The Spanish title is. Uh, I was just looking at that. Because uh, this, this, this season. I want to make more of a point to get to the other. The non English title. Um. Los Amentas uh, Pasajeros? Pasajeros. Heros, okay. Yeah. Which means... The what Passenger Lovers or the Fleeting Lovers. Okay. Yeah. This is... It's a, a light, very light comedy. Which, yeah, that's good. Fluffy. Exactly. Exactly what I mean. Yeah. And... Uh, wait, I <laughs> we didn't what? talk about... I thought it was, I don't know about you, but when I started this movie and the first person I see is Antonio Banderas playing like a somebody, <laughs> the guy who's supposed to be taking out the things underneath the wheels. He's basically yes. the whole reason the problem happens. Yes. I was like, oh, I, that's weird. I didn't even know he was in this movie. And then Penelope Cruz, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> they're playing a joke on me. <laughs> Something's going on. Yeah. It was just the catalyst. Yeah, that part that opening is really funny. When yep. the guy's like, "Take me, take me to the hospital," and he's like, "Yeah, I'll take her to the hospital." <laughs> yeah, I'm bleeding to the death. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "She's pregnant," and he's like, "You're pregnant," <laughs> and then, and Antonio does not give a fuck about this guy who needs to <laughs> needs to go to the hospital. No, it's like, did you notice I've been eating more eggs recently? He's all, oh, yeah, I did notice. I noticed your boobs were bigger, but what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, never mind. I forgot. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The guy, the air traffic controller at the end. Uh, the yeah. the one with who's balding is Augustin uh, Amodovar, who is oh. Pedro's brother and oh, producer okay. on all his movies. No, yeah. m most of his movies. I thought he must have been somebody important because they just like these two. I don't know who the woman was with him, but I was she's like, a. There are a bunch of people in this movie where it's like they're famous in Spain for being on a TV show, and then you have like Paz, uh, Paz Vega, and um, uh, Augustin uh, Motivar. It's like I know those people, and other people's like, it's like, kind of Spain only, famous. Yeah. Also, another thing before we move on. What's your opinion on the Pointer Sisters? I'm so excited. Uh, in general, I guess I'd say it's a background song. But in this, I I love the whole lip sync routine to it. It's delightful and fun. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, I I wouldn't like if it if it came on, or point or point of in general like came on, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be annoyed or anything. I'd I'd listen to it. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah that song was like all over the eighties for me for some reason. I don't know if it was just that popular on the radio, but I, it it was popular enough that I I don't know the words of the song except for the 
I'm so excited part. Um, but it's like I knew the whole tune. I <laughs> So it was even funnier when they were hitting all the beats for me. That's right. It was yeah. funnier for me than you. Oh, and the last place I heard it mm-hmm. was one of my nie- sorry, one of my nieces was watching the Nutty Professor with Eddie Murray mm-hmm. Murphy. Eddie Murray. <laughs> oh God, I've got mush mouth. Hey, it's the first episode back. Anyways, yeah, and you know I've got very complicated feelings about that movie because I do think it's funny, but mm-hmm. I don't think movies about fat people. I like we're just the butt of the joke so many times. So, but oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I selected a Super yes. Bowl score and Eagles lost. <laughs> oh fuck, that sucks. Oh, this is gonna be great because the Chiefs are still named after Native Americans. Be, yeah, I don't like that. But the thing with the Eagles is, growing up around here and living here. You can't escape the Eagles. And it's, you hate so... Hotel California? Yes. No, that song's fine. I don't care about the Eagle, that band. But the Philadelphia Eagles are just such an institution here. Just like, oh. I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> eh. That's funny because I happen to know for a fact you love birds. I hate e- bald eagles. We're not going to talk about my hatred of bald eagles. Why would you and... hate a bald eagle? You're insane. They're... They're big bullies. They're the apex predators who bully everyone around. They're tiny. They're not. They're not, in, they're not tiny. Have you ever seen one in person? Yeah. Have yeah, I'm at the Santa Barbara one? Zoo. They're huge. Yeah. They're not that big. They're huge. They're kind of cuddly. I, well, I was, I was a child, so I was. I was probably. I wasn't expecting it to be as big when I saw one in person. Well, you're a child. Yeah, but also birds of prey are fucking big. Usually. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah. Jeez, uh, there's so much contention in this first episode. This is going to be great. Eagles are <laughs> eagles are assholes. They're the apex predators, and they're not interesting animals. The uh, scavengers, like vultures, people. are the uh, interesting animals. Scavengers are fucking awesome. I like capybaras. Apparently, you can spell them before you can see them. Of what I've, what I've heard. Capybaras. Yes, they stink. They're apparently they they smell very bad. Mm-hmm. I can't. I couldn't smell those at the Santa Barbara Zoo. Once again, they had those there. Yeah, well, they're in the water. Probably smell uh, musty. Musky. musky. Stop! Stop talking about my favorite animal that way. What's What's wrong with you? Okay. Yeah, anyway, um... Fuck yeah, vultures. It, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> vultures? We need vultures. I know. I know. They they literally eat disease. I love Michael Keaton. <laughs> uh, well, side story. I had an old client who, um... Uh, I, 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 I switched to another person because, uh, I got a, a promotion because I got certified with the state with fuck I'd have to be I think I'd be recertify this year or maybe next year anyway um I got a new uh so I want I still have this guy he uh he had mental problems I won't get into the details but like whenever Spider-Man Homecoming would come on TV he'd be like 
Man, Spider Man's a little punk bitch. You know who's a real who's a real hero in the movie? The Vulture. That guy's really cool. Spider Man's a little punk. The whole time we 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 watch it, it was it was always funny. He is a he is an interesting guy. <laughs> He's thought a lot about it, and yes, he he, he talked about he, he won't stop talking for like two hours, <laughs> pretty much. And also, we don't we don't watch a lot of Martin, too. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, yeah. So this is 2013, and uh, I think that is the year of my favorite American movie. It is my favorite American movie of the 21st century, Nebraska. Uh, starring Bruce Dern, Will Forte, and Bob Odenkirk, and June Squibb. Oh, Stacey Keach is in. I always forget Stacey Keach was in that. And Ryan Howard. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska is this this very sweet movie about a son, just trying, basically trying to deal with his dad who has I think they say it's dementia. I can't remember if they specify Alzheimer's or not. But uh, uh, it caught me off guard because, like, I mentioned it before. Like, when I got into movies, my perception of the Oscars and Oscar movies was they're all boring, stupid movies for boring adults. And I still have that mindset. I still am in that mindset for the most part. It's hard to break out of it. But um, Nebraska is one of those, fine, I'll give their shot because Bob Odenkirk is in it. And it's just become like my favorite American movie of the 21st century. Like I think it's flawless. I've never seen Nebraska. You might like it, or might not. I don't really know. You know, that's the way I roll. Yeah. It is it, really nice to see Will For- Will Forte in something where he's playing the super earnest Will Forte character, but it's not a straight up comedy. Where like, mm-hmm. oh, he can do drama really well too. Yeah, that works out. I was just thinking of somebody who, somebody who just did a drama that I think known pretty much exclusively for comedy, and they were really really good. Anyway, not sure. Can't remember off the top of my head. Do you have any other movies from twenty thirteen? Um, I thought. The last great Spike Lee movie came out in 2013, but it was 2014. Mm. Um, the Sweet Blood of Jesus. Oh. That's 2014. Uh, I really... Uh, I just want to do a quick overview. I did... Oh, Stoker. I yep. really love Stoker. Chanook or Chanook Park. Uh... I can't remember the order. Oh, and I saw Upstream Color at the time, and I remember my gut reaction. And I, I know Shane Carruth has allegations. Probably, uh, I, I'm fully aware. That's why I make people make sure that's known. Yeah. Uh, but um, I remember seeing Upstream Color at the time and just being very confused by it. I never forgot it. But I just remember being like, like, this is clearly something 
like artsy and shit, but I don't really understand or connect to any of this. But it didn't annoy me the way like Godard can annoy me with like artsy nonsense. This just felt like this is this clearly isn't for me, but not like in a Godard way where it's like, get over yourself, fuckface. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can't feel the intentions. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt That's like, okay, cool. maybe Shank Ruth is just is not for me. Mm. But uh, I, don't, I have not seen Primer yet. It's It's been one of those, I'll get to it one one day. But yeah, so Upstream Color, I don't know, maybe watch it? I, like, connected hardcore with that movie, and, and now I can't tell you a goddamn thing about it, but I remember at the time just being uh, overwhelmed with, like, feeling. Yeah, so, the, uh, minor, oh, hmm? oh, yes. so minor Upstream Color, um, Stoker, and Nebraska. Yeah, you left out, old boy, but that's okay. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stoker. Stoker is. I mean, 2013 for me was like a damn good year for movies because Stoker, that's one. But also Inside Lewin Davis, um, Under the Skin, which. Damn, oh, that. Okay, I, I that still think about that movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's another one I, I love too. I forgot the, that came out that year. Your favorite filmmaker's movie, Only Lovers Left Alive. Sure. Still love that one. And Only God Forgives came out that year. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's a good movie. Like, all the movies I just named are ones that I think about just randomly every once in a while. Like, movies don't typically stay like that with me. Especially ones that aren't pop-culturally relevant anymore. Oh, somebody makes a Jurassic Park reference. I know what they're talking about. If somebody were to make an Under the Skin reference, I'd be like, "Who the fuck are you? Come over here, we're friends." Yeah. Uh, uh, Only God forgives has just like the best fight scene, where it's like, "Oh, he's gonna get revenge." And it's like, "Oh no, he's gonna get his ass beat real bad." Yeah. Yeah. He knew what he was getting into. Did he? I think so, but I I have to watch it again. Yeah. Let's see if there's anything else that stands out to me. Like that was also the year of Blue is the warmest color, which is not not a movie I'm over the moon about, but was a pretty big deal. I think it's Tunisian, Hmm? African director. Oh, cool. Is he Tunisian? I can't remember where he's from. He had another movie come out about like uh, dancers and twerking or something that caused a big stir at can and never got released that I just want to see because he's an interesting director. I, I'm enthralled with this twerking story. Never said good, director. Uh, I think he's more interesting than good. Speaking of uh, never said good directors, Nymphomaniac, both volumes came out this year. You mean as a person uh, or as a filmmaker? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if I actually care for his movies. Uh, what else? What else? That I mean, that's all we really need to know. I yeah. think, like, if you ask people which ones that they remember the most, it's probably something like The Wolf of Wall Street, or the I mean, that the last of the Cornetto trilogy, The End of the World. 
there yeah there's just too many things to talk about it's amazing oh yeah and wolverine or x-men origins <laughs> sorry is that the wolverine oh you're right it is the wolverine sorry i think harry Fusanata is in that one uh he never mind i was gonna spoil a recent movie but there's a recent movie with Haruki Sonata that came out last year that I think should be classified as a fantasy film, but I will say off record because I don't want to spoil a very recent movie. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm all done. I got it. And Sonata played Scorpion in a new Mortal Kombat, and he's been an action star in Japan since the 70s. And he started as, like, as a, I think as a teen... He's part of the Sonny Chiba, like, school of action stars that Sonny Chiba had at the time. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. shit. What? I'm sorry. I was wrong. I just looked at the bottom of my list. Um, This is the year that a movie that has a big part in Spencer and mine's connection, uh, a little movie called A Talking Cat, came out this year. Oh. I did not know that. Me neither. Like yeah, I said, it was like, at the bottoms. Yeah, that movie seemed like it came... My memory is that movie came out in like the year 2000. It looks so... Because <laughs> based off the way it looks in my memory. No, you know, that hot Eric Roberts action. I don't know where I'm yeah. going with <laughs> Eric Roberts, uh, he's in Babylon. That's the only thing I've heard people talk about in my circles. Like, oh, Eric Roberts is in that. It's like, now I'm kind of interested. I want to see his part. I like Eric Roberts. He's, I don't know. One he, of the he, most underused actors, I swear. <laughs> yeah, like, like, if he's actually trying, he's great. And if he's not trying, it's painful to say. Painful. And I feel like yeah. that's a movie he probably is act- actively trying. Love that guy. Yeah. His Twitter is kind of hilariously like a uh, bland, goofy dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so, uh, what did what did I do recently? I was on in December, I think. Uh, where did it come out? I can't. December, January, can't remember. I was on Cult Movie Podcast talking about uh, the Jamaican uh, reggae movie. Uh, the Harder They Come. Uh, that movie is awesome. It's on Tubi. And if you don't, if you can't understand a Jamaican Patois accent, uh, y- use subtitles. Because that movie is full of very thick Jamaican accents. And uh, lingo, where uh, there the, the, there are no non-Jamaican characters there to explain shit, whereas a cipher just like it's a it's just like a slice of life, uh, Robin Hood kind of story set in seventies, um, uh, uh, Jamaica, and the movie fucking rules and has I think one of the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. And it's just—it's one of those magical movies like *Texas Chainsaw Massacre*, where it's like, it's lightning—it's lightning in a bottle. 
This could only happen once under these conditions. I think the movie is borderline a masterpiece. And I got to talk about it on Cult Movies Podcast uh, a, a, a month or two ago. I don't have anything. That's what you're waiting for. Okay. Well, have you heard of The Harder They Come? Yes. I think so. Okay. Like, I couldn't tell you anything. Like, if you asked me what that was about, I wouldn't have said reggae because I had no idea. Oh. Yeah. It's a. Uh... Yeah. I recommend it. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Show. We have a Twitter thing under uh, Sister Sewer Rat. Which is a reference to the Chu Slim Prief character from Dark Habits. Because all the nuns have goofy names like Sister Snake, Sister Sewer Rat, Sister Damned, and I forgot the other ones. But uh, I think Sister Snake is the one who does acid the whole time. And she's also the cook. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, and that, uh, yeah. So, uh, and I'm on Instagram as Beta Huff. I can't remember if there's an underscore between Veda and Huff or not, but uh, I, I just put pictures of my cat and dog on there. I don't do anything else. And uh, what else? What else? I write for Grumpire on occasion, so visit Grumpire. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I'll save the. Uh, other stuff for like a thing attached to the end of episodes. So, yeah, I'm done. Alright. Till I stop. Yeah. Our theme music is by James Fell. Our logo is by Andrew Bargeron. You can find him as Jemetsko on Threadless, TeePublic, Redbubble, Shirt Woot Catalog, and T-Theory. That is spelled G-I-M-E-T-Z-C-O. You can find our show in previous seasons on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and other places where you can find podcasts.